Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Hey there, folks. This is Matt Welch, the sports editor with Star Local Media, and thank you for checking out this rapid reaction edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Wow. What else can you say? What a game that was between Plano Senior and DeSoto in the girls' basketball Class 6A area round playoffs. Um, For those who have not heard, the Lady Wildcats and Lady Eagles staged an absolute classic in the second round in a game that, uh, that had quite a bit of everything. I mean, you had just heroic performances, clutch shots. Um, you know, both teams battling through adversity due to, you know, having players foul out. Um, you had a, a nice little redemptive story from Plano. You had, you know, uh, you know, DeSoto just hanging by a thread despite not having its leading scorer in the game when it mattered most. Um, and, of course, you had a little bit of controversy. I mean, this, this game really had everything. And, um, yeah, wow. What an absolute joy to watch! It's games like this that uh, make me a little bit thankful that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm, you know, that I don't really have a dog in the hunt for any of these games. That being a journalist, you kind of divorce yourself from any emotion on one side or the other. Because I mean, judging from, uh, you know, I was sitting on the on the Plano side for this game, and I mean, just surveying the reactions during this game, I mean, you'd have thought that half the crowd was about to go into cardiac arrest with just how just how emotional just the ups and downs of this game were. It was just a a, a spectacular 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 playoff game um just hats off to both Plano and DeSoto for just really uh yeah really bringing the thunder in this uh in the second round of the playoffs and um oh yeah there was a final score to this game I haven't mentioned that yet um your final score Plano 62 DeSoto 61 in double overtime a, uh, yes, a, a terrific game that goes right down to the wire. Um, there's a lot of ins and outs to this game, and um, Lord knows I'm probably not going to be able to do it justice on this podcast, but uh, I dang sure I'm going to try. Um, so let's see. I mean, where do we where do we begin with this game? Let's oh boy, let's I guess let's just start from the end and work our way backwards, um, since that's obviously where the uh, the rubber met the road there. In the uh, in the in the second overtime, where one team was finally able to get the edge over the other, um, you know, one thing about um, about the overtimes that um, that I noticed just to kind of set the stage for this one, you know, both teams were a little shorthanded during overtime because of foul trouble. Uh, Desoto had two players foul out, including um, its leading scorer Kayla White. Um, you know, she fouled out in the fourth quarter along with teammate Bria Patterson. And um, Plano lost Emma Halverson due to uh, due to fouls in the first overtime. So once you yeah, once you got um, so the more this the more and more this game dragged on, both teams having to operate without their full complement. Um, but obviously, of those of those losses, um, they definitely hit the DeSoto side a bit more, if for no other reason than yes, they lost their leading scorer. Um, so you know when you could kind of tell by the way that DeSoto was managing the game once they got into overtime and there without Patterson and White that they were just concerned about just trying to basically uh, you know minimize the number of possessions for um, you know for each overtime. You know they weren't about really trying to run get a quick shot because fact of the matter is without Kayla White on the floor it really hamstrings the ceiling for this DeSoto offense. Um, so it's obviously to their benefit you want to shorten the game as much as possible, 
you want to limit you know you know limit the number of possessions that Plano gets and that you get just as a matter of just trying to you know reduce your margin for error because like I said it's, I mean DeSoto's offense cannot operate at its full capacity without its leading score. That's just that's just basic mathematics right there. So you could tell that DeSoto came into overtime with a much different approach. Um, and to their credit, they were able to extend the game into a double overtime. Both teams only scored three points in the first overtime period. But in the second overtime, it looked like the collective weight of Plano's defense, it finally overwhelmed a, uh, the shorthanded DeSoto bunch. Um, you know, Plano was able to finally get some separation there in that second overtime Thanks some in large part to its defense kind of setting the tone. They uh, they held DeSoto without a basket for the first three and a half minutes of the four-minute overtime period. Um, in between, they were able to force a couple turnovers. They didn't allow any easy shots. Um, yeah, it was Plano's defense, you know, which has been their hallmark all season long, finally taking hold, finally creating the difference and leading to some uh, some high-percentage looks on the other end to build a what was a 60-55 to 55 lead. Um, one specific sequence that kind of stuck out that triggered, I guess, the first uh, the first basket in this little 5-0 run by Plano, um, they get a miss on the DeSoto end. Um, you know, when Katie Farrell goes for the rebound, and while she is in midair, she gets the rebound and immediately dishes it out before she hits the ground. Immediately dishes out, triggers the fast break, and um, the possession ends with a uh, with a layup on the other end by Zaria Collins for a uh, for a 57-55 lead. I mentioned that rebound by Farrell because this was one of the uh, you know kind of one of the subtle nuances in what DeSoto was doing all game long. I mean, defensive rebounding was such a chore for Plano in this game because every time it felt like every time that Plano would get a rebound, DeSoto would have someone right there to hack at the ball to try to either get a steal or force a tie up or something to make Plano comfortable after they got a rebound and obviously I mean it's it's smart if for no other reason then yeah you, you obviously give yourself a chance to get the ball right back but at the same time you stunt the pace of Plano's fast break so it was I mean it was a smart tactic by DeSoto um, but at the same time in this uh, you know kind of fast forwarding into this this one little sequence and in, in, um, you know at the start of the second overtime Katie Farrell gets the rebound doesn't even give DeSoto a chance to do that as she gets rid of the ball and immediately triggers the fast break while she was in midair, just um, yeah, just a, a nice little high IQ moment there by Farrell, and again something that uh, just one of those little subtle things that kind of stuck out is um, you know, just to kind of counteract something that DeSoto had a lot of success with success with during the game, and um, you know, yeah, Plano was able to finish on the other end. Sorry, Collins gets him a bucket. Uh, one possession later, um, you know, Plano was able to force you know two DeSoto turnovers. They then get a bucket from Sophie Flighties to up it to 59-55. Michaela Eddins adds a free throw to make it 60-55, to 55, and Plano has a two-possession lead inside the final minute. Obviously, DeSoto did not go away quietly. Brielle Woods is able to hit a three to make it a two-point game, and then, um, then right there, then this gets into a, uh, you know, and then it gets into a, a free-throw shooting contest. Um, you know, Plano's, uh, Plano's Sophie Flighties goes to the line. She hits two free-throws to make it 62-58 to 58 with 12 seconds left. DeSoto races down. They're only able to get a, a corner three-pointer. They really didn't get, get the shot off about as quickly as they probably would have liked. Um, yeah, they hit the corner three right as time expires, and that's how you get your 62-61 final.
It was a, uh, yeah, just a wild finish right down there to the very end. A, uh, just a, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> you never really felt easy, easy one way or another until that, uh, until that final buzzer. And, um, yeah, like I said, this game kind of, uh, you know, set the tone of both teams being a little bit shorthanded. You know, Plano lost Emma Halverson to fouls in the middle of the first overtime, and they had to operate a little bit shorthanded. Um, and, yeah, DeSoto did, I mean, they were, they did a good job to, um, you know, to at least stay afloat after losing their, uh, after losing their leading scorer. I mean, the first overtime, both teams only had three points. Uh, Flighty's hit a three-pointer, and then um, DeSoto's Jaquia White uh, finished an and-one to make it a 50, uh, 55 to 55 after the first overtime. I'm pretty sure both teams maybe took, maybe attempted like three shots apiece that overtime. It was not a, uh, it was not an up-and-down uh, overtime period, as was emblematic for most of the game. Um, the end of regulation, though. I mean, let's um, so let's then shift to how this game got to overtime because this was a little interesting. Um, so you had um, you know both teams just kind of it was just it was back and forth, back and forth. Both teams traded the uh, you know traded the leads. No team led by more than five points. I want to say after the uh, after the first quarter. So it um, it finally got down to again a lot of this rested on uh, on some free throws. Um, you know, I've mentioned Sophie Flady. She was very instrumental in Plano's efforts from the free throw line. She was, um, she went to the line. She got fouled with, um, you know, with seven seconds left in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Plano's up 50 to 49. Obviously you're looking to extend it to three points, make it the full one possession lead. Um, very interesting sequence here. A little bit of controversy, no doubt about it. Um, Sophie was able to make her first free throw to make it 51 to 49. And then, as she is about to shoot her second free throw, um, just as she shoots the ball, the official whistles because out of nowhere, a Plano cheerleader just happened to step onto the court from the sideline. So the, uh, the official whistles the play dead. The thing about that, though, is that Sophie's free throw rimmed out. So <laughs> the officials then granted Sophie a third free throw attempt, and um, she makes that free throw to make it a 52-49 to lead. Who knows what happens if that Plano cheerleader doesn't step on the court and that second free throw attempt isn't blown dead. Um, there's no way of telling, but obviously uh, there's no doubt about it. A very fortuitous break for Plano in the moment, um, especially considering what happened moments later because DeSoto then proceeds to inbounds the ball. Uh, they get the ball right in the hands of Brielle Woods. She goes up the right sideline, goes behind her back, sprints into the open floor, and holy crap, she drains a running three-pointer at the buzzer to force overtime. A perfect switch. Spectacular shot. You gotta see it. It's on social media. Um, I mean, just just pandemonium on the DeSoto half of the gym. I mean, the bench is going nuts. The fans are going crazy. Stunned silence on the Plano side as, yeah, I mean, just an absolutely spectacular shot to force overtime and keep DeSoto's hopes afloat. Um, you know, props to Plano for not breaking. <laughs> they, uh, you know, they were able to, they actually did not trail at any point during overtime. So, you know, they didn't let DeSoto build off of that, uh, of that spectacular shot. But obviously, in the moment, just an absolute Hail Mary, uh, you know, heave by Woods um, to force overtime. And yeah, what a, what a shot to, uh, to cap what had just been a back and forth uh, fourth quarter. Um, you know some other notes of this one. This was a very uh, this game was a very very redemptive one for uh, for Sophie Flaties. Um, if you checked out the uh, 
You know, if you were at the game on Monday in the Bayou District round against LD Bell or checked out my story, listen to the podcast, you're um, you're probably aware of that, uh, you know, LD Bell deployed the uh, the rarely seen, at least at the high school level, the HACA strategy. They were intentionally fouling Sophie Flaties in the fourth quarter, trying to send her to the line. You know, she got a little bit of a funk early from the line. LD Bell tried to feed off of that, and in turn, um, you know, Sophie only ended up take, Sophie ended up taking eleven free throws in the fourth quarter alone. She went five of eleven. She was able to hit the ones that mattered in the end to help Planner secure the victory. But um, you know, some ups and downs, some emotional moments there at the line for her on Friday against um, you know against Desoto. She was flawless. From the, uh, like I said, I mentioned she went 5 of 11 against LD Bell in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, plus the overtimes, she shot 8 of 8 from the line. I mean, so the free throws that she made to end the fourth quarter, you're thinking, like, oh, wow, those are two of the biggest free Those are probably the two biggest free throws of her career. And then she proceeds to go on and make like six more that were the biggest free throws of her career. I mean, she just could not miss from the line. It was such a weapon, such an insurance policy for Plano to help get some separation. And yeah, as a result, she ends up actually leading all scores in this game with 21 points. And yes, was obviously massive. Her free throws were such a factor in deciding this game. Um, yes, um, yeah, had a, Sophie had a huge, huge night shooting from the free throw line. Um, another big thing that Plano, um, you know, that Plano did as this game wore on. Um, early on, um, you know, Kayla White absolutely destroyed Plano in the first half. She had 14 points and was really the only consistent threat against Plano's zone defense. Um, you know, DeSoto's best offense was the drive-and-kick three to, uh, to Kayla White. She was stationed in the right wing quite a bit, and she knocked down, um, let's see, I'm looking at the numbers, she knocked down three threes in the first half, a lot, most of them just on the catch-and-shoot variety. And yeah, she um, you know she was the only real consistent weapon against Plano's um, you know Plano's offense and the Plano's defense, I should say, in the first half. Uh, Plano switches things up though after the break, and they basically glued Zaria Collins to Kayla White in the second half while zoning up elsewhere. And as a result, I mean you know Zaria Collins, who has been just a linchpin to Plano's defense, um, especially over the second half of the district season and now into the playoffs. Um, and she holds uh, she holds Kayla White to just two points in the second half, and those two points were on field or on free throws. So she holds her without a made field goal over the uh, final, I guess you could say quarter and a uh, quarter and a half before uh, Kayla White fouls out. Um, but yes, just another example of just the uh, of just what a defensive weapon Zaria Collins has become. She's often tasked with having to guard the opposing team's best player at some juncture. In addition to having to, uh, you know, having to scrap for rebounds, score inside, you know, she had, you know, she had 12 points, you know, 12 points, and let's see, looks like 12 points, eight, nine rebounds, on top of having to lock down DeSoto's best player, who's going to SMU, by the way, a Division One commit going to SMU. Um, so yeah, no, <laughs> hardly an easy task, but obviously Zaria Collins more than up to the challenge. Um, although there was some, you know, some side effect while Plano did do a good job of taking Kayla White out of the game in the second half, that in turn helped Brielle Woods get going from, uh, you know, get her offense going. You know, Woods only had five points in the first half. She had 14 the rest of the way, obviously including the, uh, you know, the buzzer beater at the end of the fourth quarter, but still a, uh, you know, a different tactic by Plano defensively and one that, I mean, obviously served them, you know, served them well in the end. If you're going to, you know, try to eliminate DeSoto's top score, dare the rest of the team to beat you, and obviously they came away with a win. So it's hard to fault that logic. 
Um, you know, DeSoto obviously then had its moments, though. This was a game that Plano led at the half, 25-21. to 21. Um, DeSoto was able to come back and actually did seize a, uh, you know, a, uh, what was a uh, three-point lead there in the third quarter at one point because Plano's just, uh, Plano kind of went off the rails for a bit there in the third quarter. Um, you know, you noticed DeSoto was switching up its defense a, defense a lot, bouncing between zone and man. Um, they forced a ton of turnovers. They forced seven turnovers in the third quarter alone compared to only three in the entire first half. So um, so Plano, you know, a little bit loose there with the ball in the third quarter. Um, ultimately, though, they were able to battle back, make it a 35-35 game entering the fourth quarter. But, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, DeSoto, you know, using its defense to uh, to help steady the tide after Plano had appeared to get some momentum back on its side. Um, you know, Plano to their, uh, you know, just uh, looking at how Plano played LD Bell versus how they played DeSoto, um, just in a game, you know, games that were just a few days apart. They played man most of the way against LD Bell. They went all zone on on Friday against DeSoto. So just another example of how Plano is able to mix and match its defenses based on the matchups, which is something that, uh, yeah, it's a nice. You know, it's a nice ace in the uh, you know ace in the hole to have. Just a nice trick up your sleeve to have, so you're not really married to one particular defensive, uh, you know, defensive set, and you can adjust depending on what the opponent has and still thrive, you know, regardless of the matchup. Just another example of just what makes Plano such a dangerous defensive matchup. Um, let's see elsewhere. Um, let's see why this game had a bizarre start to it. You know, we've talked a lot about the overtimes and about the fourth quarter. DeSoto actually began this game on an 8-0 run. I mean, it took Plano forever to get a bucket. I mean, Plano just had a, uh, I don't know if it was just the, uh, you know, the early game playoff yips against a, uh, you know, against a state-ranked opponent, but Plano came out just flat. You know, they didn't score their first bucket until about midway through the uh, the first quarter. And then that just seemed, everything seemed to settle in just fine because that same quarter where they fell down 8-0, they went on an 11-0 run and led the game 11-8 with about one with about 130 left in the uh, in the opening quarter. Yeah, just everything seemed to everything seemed to come together. I mean, I'm just looking over the uh, over my scoring log and you know who else? Uh, you know, Katie Farrell had three assists in the first half, in the first quarter. Obviously, that'll help settle in the offense. Start you know lead to some easy buckets. You know, Plano was able to get uh, you know get momentum back on its side in a hurry, and then once. Uh, you know, once Plano was able to erase that early 8-0 deficit, from that point on, no team held more than a five-point lead. So yes, just a uh, a back-and-forth game, a, a terrific game at that. A game between you know two teams that were ranked in the state's top 15, looked every bit the part of two of the best teams in the state. Spectacular game. It's a shame that you know the playoff resume for one of them is only going to include a uh, a playoff run that went two rounds deep. Because yeah. These, these teams play like two teams that are capable of getting to the regional finals. Um, let's see. Some uh, some stats from this game, some scoring leaders. I already mentioned for Plano that Sophie Flighty's led all scorers with 21 points. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Emma Halverson and Zaria Collins added 12 points apiece. Um, let's see. They were also big on the boards. Uh, Collins had eight rebounds. Uh, Halverson had five. Meanwhile, uh, Katie Farrell... Uh, you know, her usual Swiss Army Knife night, only four points, but she did have, uh, let's see, she did have eight rebounds, ten assists, and four blocks. Uh, Jordan Merritt, a little bit of a slow start for Jordan Merritt, but she got going late. She finishes with eight points, along with eight rebounds, and uh, three assists as well. She had some good passing from the high post that led to a couple easy buckets for uh, for Plano. Um, for DeSoto, Brielle Woods had to pick up the slack with Kayla White. 
you know, blanketed by Zaria Collins and then eventually bowing out to foul trouble. Woods leads DeSoto with 19 points. Uh, Kayla White goes for 16. And, um, yeah, now it's, uh, it is on to the third round. Plano's able to shake off the, uh, the bugaboo from last year where they got eliminated by South Grand Prairie in the second round. And now they get a, hey, they get another team from District 7-6A as they will play Cedar Hill. Um, next week, probably most likely on Tuesday. Still not sure when the time and place of that game is going to be at. Should be a good one. So I'm um, looking at the uh, at the playoff bracket right now. I mean, you know, District Seven Six A kind of ran roughshod over Region One last year. That being the district with you know Duncanville, Desoto, Cedar Hill. Last year it was South Grand Prairie. This year, you know, Irving MacArthur was the other playoff team. And um, yeah. It um it actually wasn't though uh, unlike last year though District Six Six A is able to uh, to punch back a little bit this time around you know Plano was able to beat DeSoto Allen notched a, uh, a spot in the regional quarterfinals by taking down Irving MacArthur so your uh, your regional quarterfinals include Plano versus uh, versus Cedar Hill Cedar Hill which defeated state rank number eleven Waco Midway in the by district round they actually beat him by twenty I want to say. And then they beat Flower Mound, the District 5-6-8 champion in the, uh, in the area round. So, yeah, Cedar Hill, you know, <laughs> DeSoto, Duncanville, Irving Mack. I mean, yeah, those are, I mean, those are four teams. That it, was just a, it was just an absolute murderer's row in that district. And the fact that those four programs, you know, have all enjoyed playoff success, it's no surprise. That is such a difficult district to deal with. Um, you know, but Allen was able to eliminate Irving MacArthur. They beat him, I want to say it was 64-58, to 58, something along those lines. Um, and yeah, now they will, uh, Allen will, uh, will face Duncanville in the third round, number one ranked Duncanville. So, um, yeah, should be, uh, should be a fun set of regional quarterfinals. So looking at Plano's road, it is conceivable that I just talked up, you know, how great district seven, six, a is if Plano wants to get to the state tournament, it is very conceivable that they will have to go through three different teams from district seven, six, a, they already checked off to Soto. They'll now have to try to get past uh, Cedar Hill, and if Duncanville is able to keep doing its Duncanville thing, uh, Plano could very well see, uh, you know, if Plano is able to advance to the regional finals, that could very well be who they see with a trip to state on the line. So, um, hey, yeah, we're just getting started. One week in the books, and, um, you know, we just, uh, you know, if tonight was any indication, I mean, it's uh, the rest of the playoffs are going to be hard-pressed to top this game between Plano and DeSoto, but, uh, wow, what a... What a fun game to be at. What a fun game to be at. And, um, wow, that's, uh, that is about all I had for this. Hope I, uh, hope I was able to try and make sense of this, uh, of this crazy game. It was a, it was a fun one. Um, should you decide to read my story, you can check that out at StarLocalSports.com. Um, on Saturday, I'm going to get to, uh, get to uploading a, a highlight video from this game. I'll include as many of the, as many of the, uh, the crazy moments as I can from this one. Hopefully it makes for a good watch. Um, otherwise, folks, hey, I appreciate y'all checking this out. This has been Matt Welch with Star Local Media. Um, hey, appreciate y'all checking out this podcast. Y'all enjoy your week, and we'll be back with another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast on Monday. Have a great weekend, folks, and I will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. 
HRLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.